పూర్ణమద పూర్ణమిదం పూర్ణాత్ పూర్ణముదక్ష్యతే పూర్ణస్య పూర్ణమాదాయ పూర్ణమేవాశిష్యతే శాంతి 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 ప్యాయంతు మమాంగాని వాక్ప్రాణశ్చక్షుశ్రోత్రమతో బలమింద్రియాణి చర్వాణి సర్వం బ్రహ్మోపనిషదం మాహం బ్రహ్మ నిరాకుర్యాం మామాబ్రహ్మ నిరాకరోద్ అనిరాకరణమస్వనిరాకరణమేస్తూ ఆలయంకరుణాలయం నమామి భగవత్పాదం శంకరం లోకశంకరం శంకరం శంకరాచార్యం కేశవం బాదరాయణం సూత్రభాష్యకృత వందే భగవంతపున ీశ్వరోరురాత్మేది మూర్తిభేద విభాగిహాయ దక్షిణామూర్తమక్షరముద్గీతముపాసీత జ్యోతిదీప్యూష్ఠేషు అనుత్తమేషు ఉత్తమేషు లోకేషు ఇదం వావతం అస్మినంత పురుషే జ్యోతి దిస్ ప్యాసేజ్ బిగినింగ్ విత్ దీస్ లైన్ దోపనిషత్ జ్యోతి పరం బ్రహ్మ చరణ అభిధాన బికాస్ ఇన్ ద ప్రీవియస్ ప్యాసేజ్ ఇట్ ఇస్ బిన్ టాక్ అబౌట్ హెవింగ్ ఫీడ్ మీనింగ్ దాట్ పాదోస్య విశ్వాభూతాని త్రిపాదశ్యామృతం దివి దస్ In the previous passage, the reference is of Param Brahma, which is traditionally described as having four feet, of which the one foot is this universe, and the three feet are immortal, which avoid in their own glory, in their own, in their own nature. Tata Samshaya, in this passage, there is this doubt. Ki maha jyotish sabdena arityadi jyotya bhidiyate కింవా పరమాత్మ ఇది సో ఇన్ దిస్ ప్యాసేజ్ బై దర్డ్ జ్యోతి ఆదిత్యాది జ్యోతి అభిధీయతే వాట్ ఇస్ స్టేటెడ్ ఈస్ అ లైట్ సచెస్ సన్ అ లిమినరీ సచెస్ సన్ ఎట్సెట్రా 
किंवा परमात्मा इट योर इज इट परमात्मा हुड ज्योति इन दिस पर्टिक्युलर पैसेज दिस क्वेश्चन अराइजेस डाउट अराइजेस अस्य पूर्वेण अवगता अगतार्थत्व वदन प्रत्युदाहरण संगति माहा नाउ द पूर्वपक्षी सेज व्हाई दिस डाउट अराइजेस इन व्हाट मॅनर इज दिस पैसेज डिफरेंट फ्रॉम और दिस अधिकरणम टॉपिक डिफरेंट फ्रॉम द टॉपिक्स डिस्कस्ड अर्लियर अर्थांतर विषयस्यापि शब्दस्य तल्लिंगात ब्रह्म विषयतो मुक्तम इन द प्रीवियस टॉपिक्स द अंत तद धर्मोपदेशात सो व्हाट इज मेंट बाय अंत अथैश अंत आदित्य हिरण्मय पुरुषो दुश्यते एटसेट्रा दैट अंत मींस दैट सो व्हिच इज नथिंग बट परम ब्रह्म द पुरुष व्हिच इज विद इन आकाश तल्लिंगात सो इन द अदर पैसेज अस्य लोकस्य कागद आकाश इति सर्वाणीव इमानि भूतानि आकाशादेव समुत्पद्यन्ते so that what akasha is used in the sense of param brahma linga why because ivani sarvani bhutani akasha devas mutpadyante all the beings emerge from akasha akasham prati astam ganti yanti and then they again merge back into akasha so all these this description of akasha they satisfy the criteria of param brahma therefore akasha in that passage वर आकाश मीन्स परम ब्रह्म तो लिंगा बिकॉज अर लिंग और इंडिकेटरी साइंस परम ब्रह्म अत एव प्राण प्रस्तोत या देवता प्रस्ताव अन्वायत्ता कथम सा देवता प्राणी होवाच सर्वाणी वमानूता प्राण में अभिसंविशंदी there again the prana is described the one in which all these beings merge enter prana abhyajyate again from the prana the emerge so again prana is described as one having the being the cause of the universe from which all the beings emerge and into which all the beings merge back so that's how brahman is described yatova imani bhutani jayante yena jatani jivanti yat prayanti abhisambhishanti that from which the universe all the beings emerge by which they are sustained unto which they merge back that's how param brahma is described as in taitri upanishad and this akasha prana antah purusha all of these are described in the same way therefore they mean param brahma even though the word akasha prana purusha they may have different meanings but the way they are used in this those passages it means param brahma so that's what the purupakshit arthandra vishesya abhishabdasya just as word akasha prana antah purushah all of these have their own meanings arthandra vishesya abhi prana means vital energy akasha means space antah purusha means the person within you know so all of these arthandra vishesya abhi even though they these words have a different meaning their own common meaning shabdasya tallinga but because in those passages linga or indicative signs are there brahma vishyatam uktam by which you will interpret that prana means param brahma akasha means param brahma antah purusha means param brahma even though normally they would mean different they have their own different meanings 
But in context of those passages where they refer to, because there are indicatory signs, you know, indicating Param Brahma, therefore, those words and those passages should mean Param Brahma. Iti Uktam. This is what has been stated in the previous topics. <coughs> Atra Svavakya, even Nanyana says Svavakya, Jyotisha, Brahmalinga, Brahmalinga, Ahavat, Uktanyaya, Anavatarat, Agatartata. But that rule does not apply here. Svavakya, in this Vakya, Athayata, Paro, Divo, Jyotihi, Deepyata, in that passage, Brahmalinga, Ahavat, there is no sign here in this passage. See, in those prana, akasha, there itself is said how all the beings emerge from prana or akasha or antah purusha. And thus, in those passages, there were very clearly indicated signs that this means param brahma. In this passage here, we do not find linga or indicated signs, meaning indicating that jyoti should be param brahma. Therefore, this is a new topic. Idea is that, otherwise, wait, it will be already discussed. So, wherever, even though the word may have its own meaning, as long as there are signs which say that this is Param Brahma, then it should mean Param Brahma. Which is no. The rule that went earlier, you know, the criterion that was applicable earlier, because in those very passages, the description was of Param Brahma. Here, however, in this passage, we do not find any description or any indicated remark indicating that this Jyoti means Param Brahma. <coughs> So, this passage, this topic has a meaning or sense which is different from what the previous topics had. Vakya Sheshastha Brahmalingat Pranadishabdasya Gaunata Ukta So, the passage means where Prana was mentioned, Akasha was mentioned, in that very passage, there was this description, so Vakya Shesha, the remaining part of the sentence, described that Prana or Akasha as Param Brahma. <coughs> there were, the word Akasha was used in a secondary sense, primary sense being Brahman, secondary sense being space. Prana also, primary sense was Brahman, secondary sense is vital air. <coughs> so whether a word, what sense the word has? This is called, you know, this is the whole idea of Mimamsa Tatpare Niranaya. To arrive at the purport, we have to understand the meaning of the words. In what sense? So, word can have traditionally or conventionally a different meaning. But if the word is used by the user in a different sense, then we should understand in what sense that word has been used by the speaker. So, in what sense does the word Shuddhi use the word Akasha, Prana, etc.? This is what we have to understand. So, Shruvakya Sheshastya Sheshastha Brahmalinga In those very passages that we just read, so, Imani Bhutani, all of these beings emerge and merge back, etc. So, <coughs> therefore, the word Akasha, Prana, all of them were used in a secondary sense, primary sense was Param Brahma. <coughs> Prakurte Brahmalinga Adrushte in this passage, in that passage, there is no, there is no signs 
indicating that Jyoti is Parambrahma. Tejolinga Seva Drishtehe, on the other hand, Deepyata, etc., means that this looks like a luminary, like sun, etc. So that there are signs which seem to point that this word Jyoti is Aditya or something. And there are no signs which will indicate that this Jyoti is Param Brahma. Aotsargika Mukhya Sampratyasya Na Apavadaha. Therefore, there is no reason why we should interpret the word Jyoti in a sense different from what is commonly meant. Otherwise, commonly Akasham in space, that's the general rule. Unless there is an Apavada. In that passage, what Akasha was different, the Apavada. So Akasha was used in a sense different from what is commonly understood, also Prana. So Jyoti means light, that's the common meaning. Unless there is some indicatory sign to enable us to, or to require us to use, the, to interpret the word Jyoti in a different sense, we cannot. So says here, there are no signs in this passage which will require us to interpret the word Jyoti in a sense different from the conventional sense. At the same time, there are signs which seem to indicate that Jyoti means a conventional luminary. And therefore, we do not have to find Apavada. We should not use, you should not interpret our jyoti in a secondary sense. We should use it in a primary or the common sense. Idi akanksha dvara puso, that's what Bhashakara said. Yehadu tal lingameva nasti di vicharya asti nasti di vicharya de. Whether in this particular, not passable in this section of Chandogya Upanishad. Are there, is there any description which can indicate that jyoti means param brahma or there is no description? Yato tal lingameva asti nasti. Linga means indicated sign whether in this particular section of Chandogya Upanishad is there an indicated sign which may point to interpretation of our Jyoti as Brahma or is such an indicated sign not there? Iti vicharyate. This is what we will deliberate upon. <coughs> So, then with Akanksha, so with an expectancy, the Purupaksha is now, so Purupaksha is presented here with a question. Kimtavat Vashakara says, this page 141. Kimtavat Praptam. Okay. So, when now you say that we should deliberate whether in this particular section, is there a linga indicating that Jyoti means Param Brahma or there is no linga? Kimtavat Prapam. So you deliberated. We asked the Purupakshi. So you deliberated. So what conclusion do you arrive at? <coughs> then the answer is given. Adityadigam eva. Jyotishabdena Parigrahyade Iti Jyotishabdena So by the word Jyoti in this particular passage Adityadikameva Illuminary such as sun Parigrahyade This is what by after deliberation This is the conclusion we have arrived at That by the word Jyoti should mean Illuminary such as sun <coughs> Then we ask him, 
So on what basis did you arrive at this conclusion that the word Jyoti should mean a luminary such as sun? Prasiddehe. Because that's a commonly familiar meaning, you know. So familiar use of the word Jyoti is a luminary. And therefore, we do not see any reason why apvad or exception should be applied here. In case of Akasha, Prana, exceptions were applied. Because there were indicatory signs. Here we do not find an indicatory sign by which we should interpret the word Jyoti in a sense different from a luminary. <coughs> a, a physical or, or a elemental luminary such as sun or fire. Sridhi Ratna Prabha Atrasvavyakke Spashta Brahmalinga Abhavevi Although what this Siddhanta is going to say Atrasvavakke in this particular passage there is a discussion Spashta Brahmalinga Abhavevi Even though there is no clear link or indicatory sign which would require us to interpret the word Jyotis Param Brahma even though in this passage it is not Padosya Puravakke in the previous passage however Padosya Vishwabhutani Tripadasya Amritam Devi of this entity, all the beings are one quarter and the immortal three quarters abide in its own nature, in its own glory. So there, Purvakya Bhutapadatvam Lingamasti Bhutapadatvam All the Bhutas, all the beings are just one fraction of that entity. And the immortal, you know, immortal nature or abides in its own glory. So therefore, that is Param Brahma. So, Padosya Sarva Bhutani Tripadasya Amrutam Devi. Or in Bhagavad Gita also said, what is it? Vistabhyahamidam Krasnam Ekam Shena Sthito Jagata. I remain sustaining the whole universe by fraction of myself. Thus, this universe is described as fraction of Param Brahma. And the this transcendental nature of Param Brahma, in fact, is its own self-effulgence. Here also, even though this passage doesn't say, the previous passage did say that. <coughs> there were Lingamasti or Brahma Lingamasti, there were, there is an indicated sign in the previous passage, indicating that what was said in the previous passage was Param Brahma. Idi Pada Sangatihi. So this Pada, this first quarter, of the first chapter of this Brahma Sutra discusses the Spashta Brahma Linga Vakya, meaning that all the Vakya or passages which very clearly describe or clearly indicate Param Brahma. Purvottar Pakshayoho Jada Brahma Jyotisha Upasti Phalamiti Vedaha Purvpakshasya Jada Jyotihi Upasti Jyotisha Upasti So, According to Purupaksha, if the Purupaksha can prove that Jyoti means a physical light such as sun, then this Jyoti is an object of meditation. Therefore, you should meditate upon something like sun, which is the, the elemental light or luminary. Whereas, Siddhanta, Uttarapakshasya, so Brahma Jyoti is Upastahi. The Uttarapaksha means Siddhanta is where the Brahma is the object of meditation. So this is important. So this passage prescribes meditation upon Jyoti. 
So we should know what does this word Jyoti mean because then alone we will know what should we meditate upon. Does Jyoti mean a elemental luminary or does it mean Param Brahma? So it's a very important thing. That is why this discussion is there. <coughs> so according to Purupaksha, Jyoti means a luminary. Therefore, that is what you should meditate upon. According to Uttarapaksha, the one that replies, Jyoti means Param Brahma. Therefore, this passage prescribes meditation upon Param Brahma and not upon some luminary like sun. <coughs> Here, Nyayanirana says, Jyoti Shabdasya Prakashavashitvat, Chit Prakashamitvat, Kimiri Laukika Prakashathai, Prakashathai, Prakashathai. Suppose we may ask him, here word Jyoti means light, it also means light of consciousness. So why don't you take the word Jyoti as indicating light of consciousness and why do you want to interpret Jyoti as a, a physical luminary? So, Kuta, why do you say that? So, this was the intention. When he says that this Jyoti should mean something like a luminary, like, like a sun, like sun, we ask him why? Jyoti also can mean light of consciousness. So, why do you discard that meaning and why do you want to adopt the meaning that Jyoti means a luminary? Says Prasiddhi, Tamo Virodhini Jyoti Shabdasya Rudehe. Because word light, Jyoti, Light or flame is ruder. The commonly the word light or flame is applied in the sense of that which dispels darkness. So you apply the word light in the sense that of that which dispels darkness. That's the common meaning, rudy or the common meaning. Tejasa <coughs> Tathatva. And what is that dispels darkness? Is the light that dispels darkness? So, Jyoti usually is used in the sense of that which dispels darkness. It is light that dispels darkness, therefore Jyoti should mean light. <coughs> so, Purupakshit Prasiddhe, because of the familiar use of the word Jyoti in the sense of that which dispels darkness. <coughs> so, that itself is Tamevas Foradi, that is clarified by, explained by Purupakshit. So, Vashya says, Tamo Jyoti He Iti He Imo Shabdao Paraspara Pratidvandri Vishayo Prasiddhao See Tamaha Jyoti He Tamas means darkness Jyotis means light So common familiar use is what? Tamas means darkness Jyotis means light Iti He Imo Shabdao Paraspara Pratidvandvi Vishayu Prasiddhau. It is quite well known, commonly used that this word tamas or darkness and jyoti means light are mutually opposed. Meaning light is that which is mutually opposed to jyoti is that which is opposed to tamas or darkness. So in that sense the word jyoti is used as opposing darkness. says Ratnaprabha, Nanu Agnyana Tamu Virodhitvat 
Brahmapi Jyotishpadashaktaya Prasiddhamasti. He says, well, Brahman also dispels light darkness. Agnana Tamo Viroditvat. Because Brahman also opposes or dispels the darkness of the nature of ignorance. So, you may mean darkness is this material physical darkness. But darkness also is used in the sense of ignorance. And Brahman is the nature of consciousness that dispels the darkness of ignorance. So therefore, Agnana Tamo Viroditvat Brahmapi Jyotish Parashaktaya Prasiddham The word Brahman also is used as light in as much as it dispels the darkness of ignorance. Says, no, no, that's not so. So the Purupakshi says, Chakshuvedi. Chakshuvatehe Nirodhakam Sharvaradikam Tamuchade Tasya Eva Anugrahakam Adityadikam Jyotihi Says Chakshur Vrutehe Nirodakam Sarvadikam Tama Uchade. Says Sharvariyam Ratraubhavam Sharvaram. Sharvari means light, dark, light, night. Sharvari means night. So Sharvariyam Ratraubhavam. So that is obtained in Sharvari or night is called Sharvariyam. That's what Bhashakar is the word. So Sharvaram. Sharvaram means that which obtains at night. Meaning the nocturnal, you can say, you know. So, Sarvayam, Sarvayam Ratrabhom, Sarvaram. So, what is it? The darkness. So, Sarvaradikam Tamaha. The darkness that obtains at night is what obstructs the vision of this eyes. So, what is called darkness? He explains, you know. So, what is darkness? That which obtains at night, etc. What does it do? It obstructs the vision of the eyes. And so, at night you cannot see anything if it is very dark. So there is tamah uchade, so that is called tamah or the darkness. <coughs> Tasyahaeva anugrahakam adityadikam jyotihi. And when the sun, so when the sun rises, then it dispels that darkness which obtained so far therefore that our sun that dispels the darkness is called jyotihi. So this is the common use. So you use the word tamas or darkness for something that obtains at night which obstructs the vision of the eyes. And use the word Jyoti or the light for, for something like sun, which when arises, it dispels the darkness. <coughs> so this is a common use. Tamaha and Jyotihi. So these are the commonly darkness and the light that dispels the darkness. <coughs> so Sharvaryam, Ratrav, Bhavam, Sharvaram, Nilamityavata. You blue or dark, you know, or black. So black that obtains no, that obtains at night is called tamas. Jyoti Shrutya Tejo Jyoti Uttva Tatrevalingama. Alright. Then also the Purupakshi says that for us to interpret the word Jyoti as this light such as sun, there is also an indicatory sign. What is it? So says Mashagara. Tatha Deepyade Iti. Yama Pishrutihi Aditya Divishaya Prasiddha 
tasadipyate. Then what does it say? Asayat atah paro divo jyotir dipyate. Now then, that light which shines beyond the heaven, sudipyate. So that which shines. Now you use the word shine, you use generally these verbs shining in the sense of some luminary such as sun. So dipyate iti iyam apishudihi. Aditya Vishaya, Aditya Vishaya Prasiddha. So the light, the sun shines, the moon shines, the fire shines. And so, generally, commonly, you use the verb shines for a luminary such as sun, moon or fire. So not only there is no indicated sign to require us to interpret the word Jyoti as Param Brahma, but there is an indicated sign which points that the word Jyoti should mean actually a luminary such as sun. So this is how he's, he's you know, uh, makes his position solid here. <coughs> if you look at Anand, uh, Ratna Prabha, Anena avarakatvad rupavatvacha kudivad bhavarupam tamayityarthaduktam bhavati. So when the Purupakshi gives the example, or when Bhashyakara gives the example of the darkness that obstructs the light. So this whole thinking here is that this ignorance is bhavarupam. So this whole trend of thinking of the Vivarana Prasthana is that the, the ignorance is bhavarupam. Ignorance has some kind of existence. It is not abhavarupam. So agnanam. Agnanam, where the nai particle a can have several meanings. One of the meanings is absence of something. So, agnanam can mean absence of knowledge. Other meaning also is something that is different. So, different from knowledge or opposed to knowledge. All these different meanings are there. So, agnanam, what should be the meaning of this particle a? Purupdi, nayayika, etc. This we discuss in Atma Puranam. So, Niyayika say that this earth should mean absence. And that means Ajnana means the absence of knowledge. There the Granthakara very intelligently said that Jnana means consciousness. He said Jnana means consciousness. No, no, how can you say Jnana means consciousness? It is Ghatak Jnana, Patak Jnana, part knowledge, clock knowledge, so many knowledge, where is consciousness? He says, you call a certain Vritti a certain thought such as the part thought or a cloth thought as a part knowledge. So, when the eyes contact the part, then a thought of the nature of part arises in the mind and that's how the part is illumined. So, normally the vritti, like the ghatakara vritti, a thought of the nature of part is usually called the knowledge of the part. But then it says, no, no. It is not vritti, it is the consciousness reflected in the vritti is what illumines the part. Therefore, it is not the vritti or the thought that is the knowledge, it is consciousness knowledge there also. So always consciousness is knowledge. And there cannot be absence of consciousness because to be is the nature of consciousness. Therefore, jnana abhava. If you interpret the word jnana as jnana abhava, that cannot be if jnana is consciousness. So that's how it was, you know, but elsewhere also here, the reason why the Ajnanam is said to be having some kind of existence is because Ajnanam or ignorance is the cause of this universe. And universe has existence, universe is. It is not non-existent. It has some kind of existence. 
universe doesn't have a real existence, but still mithya. So it is dependent existence. Some kind of existence is there. Even though the universe does not exist independently, it does exist dependently. It is not that it is non-existent. So mithya does not mean non-existent. Mithya means that which has a dependent existence or a dependent reality or a relative reality. Not absence of reality. And therefore, since the universe has some kind of existence and ajnana of ignorance the cause of the universe, the cause should have the attributes which are manifest in the effect. So effect, namely universe, manifests some kind of existence. The cause of ignorance also should have some kind of existence. That's how bhava rupam tamaha. So here also the tikakara, ratnaprabhakara takes the opportunity to point out that when Bhashyakara gives the example of this tamas as dispelling darkness, anena avarakatvat, that's something which weighs. You see, this at night, for example, various things are there. Even in this room also, suppose at night there is total darkness, then furniture may be there, people may be sitting there, all of a sudden suppose the light goes off, then people are sitting, you don't say anything. So then, you know, what the darkness has done? Darkness has actually veiled all these people. So whatever objects are there, darkness does a positive job. What positive job does it do? Actually, it covers or veils the objects and thus prevents you from, from seeing those objects. Therefore, anena avarakatvat, rupavatvat, darkness also has a color, you know, because it has a rupa or color or form which is dispelled by light. So, darkness is that which has a color like black or blue or whatever. And darkness also is a positive effect of veiling or enveloping whatever there is. Therefore, kudivat bhava rupam tamaha. Like a wall. This wall, you know, does two things. Wall has its own color and wall also conceals objects behind it, you know. Wall conceals objects behind it, so you cannot see the objects which are behind it. At the same time you can see the wall, because wall has its own color. So wall can be seen, and it prevents you from seeing what is behind it. So also darkness can be seen, and prevents you from seeing what is. Therefore darkness is like wall, in effect. So wall is a positive existent thing. So darkness also is an existent thing. And so therefore bhava rupam tamahiti arthad uttam bhavati. So by arthabhati. So it's a natural course, it is a consequence. Bhashikara by giving the example of tamas, here means that tamas or darkness is an entity like a wall. This is by the way pointed out here. <coughs> Ratnava says further, Jyotishrute Anugrahaka Lingani Aha. Jyotishrute. So, when the Shruti word, use the word Jyoti, Anugrahaka Lingani. To interpret the word Jyoti as a luminary, there are ling indicated signs which actually favor the interpretation of our Jyoti as light. So, Tatha Ityadina. So, Purupakshi said, Tatha Dipyade. It EMAPI Shruti. Adityadi Vishaya Prasiddha. And also the word, the proverb, I mean the pronoun, the, the verb, Deepyade shines 
So verb shines also is commonly used in the sense of a luminary such as sun, you know, and therefore Sutisas Dipyate that also points to a luminary such as sun. So for Brahman also we say Brahman shines, you know. So this word shines also is for Brahman. So Anyatha, this Anyatha, you know, you actually point out something which goes against you. Sometimes you make an argument that goes against you. In the chest, you make a move that goes against you, you know, you're gone. You think that you are like you're trapping that fellow. And then you overlook something and that fellow right away makes a move. So similarly also this fellow made an argument. Deepyade shines is an indicative mark that this is a luminary such as sun, an elemental luminary. Says no, no. Brahmanapi Yukta Deeptihi. In Brahman also shines is, is used. Says no, no, it cannot be nahi. So the Purupakshi says, Nahi Rupadihinam Brahma Deepyate Ide Mukhyam Shutim Arhate Sri Ratna Brava Bhaswara Rupatmika Deepti Tejasa Evalingam Deepti means that which shines. So Bhaswara means shining. And so Deepti. So that which, which, which is shining, you know, that is applicable only to the elemental light. So Nahi Rupa Dhyanam Brahman. Your Brahman doesn't have a form. Brahman doesn't have form, doesn't have a color, doesn't have any characteristic. So Rupa Adi, Adi means all other attributes are denied. So Brahman is devoid of all the attributes, such as form and such as color and whatever. Therefore, for Brahman which is not visible. See, light of the sun is visible to you. Light of Brahman is not visible to you. Because Brahman doesn't have a form. If Brahman had form, then you could have seen it. Whereas Aditya has form, you can see. And therefore, when you say it shines, then generally you expect it to be something which you can see as shining. Even when you say Brahman shines, you can't really verify that Brahman shines or not. Therefore, Rupa Adhiyanam Brahma Nahi Deepyadehidi Mukhyam Shruti Marathi. Therefore, if you, if you, even when you say Brahman shines, that shines is not in the primary sense. When you say sun shines, the word shines is in the primary sense. <coughs> Therefore, shines only indicates a luminary such as sun and not Param Brahma. <coughs> So several indicatory marks are pointed out by Purupakshi. <coughs> so Jnana says that Rupa Adimata Savayvasya Deepti Yoga Adityartha Only that which has color and which has a form like sun. So the form and color. So that alone generally can be called a jyoti or that which shines. Kariya Jyotishi Lingantarama also, other linga is being stated that this is not Param Brahma Jyoti, this is Karya meaning Jyoti Aditya, which is part of Kriya. Karya means that is created. So, sun, moon are all created. So, you Karya Jyoti. Param Brahma is uncreated cause. So, you can call it Karanam Jyoti if you want to. 
Whereas these luminaries can be called Karya Jyoti. That this word Jyoti points out a luminary which is created like sun. For that, another indicative mark is given. So, Vashyakara says, Dhyumariyadatpashyotescha See, if you look at the previous page, Athayat atah paro jyotir dhipyate vishvatah prushteshu So, atah Atah Jyoti Atah Divaha. So this light actually, that supreme light actually shines beyond the heaven. So what does this passage say? The supreme light shines beyond the heaven. Vishvatah Prushteshu. Beyond the world. Sarvatah Prushteshu. Beyond everything. Anuttameshu Lokeshu. In the realms that are unsurpassably good, that is where this Jyoti shines. So therefore, there is a mariyada. I mean, it shines there, it does not shine here. You know, when you say that this jyoti shines beyond heaven, that means it does not shine below heaven, you know. So, due mariyada. So, there is a boundary. That this jyoti that the Upanishad talks about only shines beyond the heaven, but not below heaven. Now, this cannot be our Param Brahma. That's what, so Param Brahma cannot describe like this. So that's what says, so Dyu Mariyada Tvashutescha, because Shruti says that Dyu Mariyada, there is a boundary of heaven, so below which this light does not shine. <coughs> so what's, suppose you say, what's wrong with that? So what's wrong with that? Brahman shines beyond. Says, no, no. Nahi Characharabijasya Brahmanaha Sarvatmakasya Devu Mariyada Yukta Ni Characharabijasya Brahman. What is Param Brahma? What is Paramatma? Characharabijam. Cause of everything. Cause of what is sentient and insentient. Cause of what is live and what is not live. So, Brahman is the cause of everything. You know, cause. In this case, it means the material cause. And material cause must be present where the effect is. For example, clay is the material cause of the pots and pans, etc. So wherever any pots, pans, the clay pots, pans are there, the clay must be present. So material cause pervades the effect. The universe is the effect. And Brahman is the material cause. Therefore, Brahman should pervade the whole universe. For Brahman to be the material cause, it should pervade the effect. Effect is the universe and therefore Brahman is all pervasive. You cannot say that the clay is in these parts here but not in some other part, you know. Like saying that the parts which are in the first floor, there the clay is and parts which are below on the ground floor, there is no clay. No. For clay to be material cause, it must be there wherever the parts or effects are. So wherever clay products are there, the clay must be there. So wherever Brahma products are there, Brahma must be there. The whole universe is the product of Brahman. Therefore, Brahman, the material cause, must be everywhere. So, ni characharabhijasya brahmanaha. So, Brahman, which is the cause, material cause of what is moving and non-moving. Sarvatmakasya. So, material cause is the atma of the effect. Like the clay is the self of the parts, etc. So, Brahman also is the self of all this, everything in the universe. Sarvatmakasya. Devu Mariyada Yukta. And so you cannot say that 
Brahman, which is the material cause of the whole universe, is present only beyond the heaven and not below heaven. <coughs> Say it again, Bhashya Father. Karyasyatu Jyotishaha Parichinnasya Dyomaryadasya So where do you find the Maryada? In what kind of jyoti or luminary do you find Maryada or the, or the limit? He says, Karyasyatu Jyotishaha. Whereas a luminary which is part of the creation, such as sun or the moon, Parichinnasya is always going to be limited. It's in one place and not in another place. It may shine somewhere. So sun, for example, shines only on one side of the earth, not on the other side of the earth. Now, that cannot be said as far as uh, Param Brahma is concerned. You cannot say Param Brahma is only there and not above and not below. So, Karyasyati Jyotisha Parichinnasya. The Karya Jyoti or light which is a part of creation is Parichinnam, is limited. And therefore, Devu Maryadasya for land. So, it is possible that there are luminaries in, in heaven which shine there, you know, and not here. There are luminaries there which shine on the earth and not in the heaven. So that is quite understandable. So when it comes to luminary which is a part of creation, like sun etc., you can say that they shine in one place and not in another place. Whereas if you say that Brahman is a luminary, it should shine everywhere because it is the cause of everything. <coughs> so says Ratna Prabhupada, Mastu Mariyadaiti Ashankya Sutatvat Mayavam so we said, no, no, Param Brahma also doesn't have Mariyada. Param Brahma also is not confined to any, any location. Why not? says, no, no, Shrutatvat, your own Shruti says. So your own Shruti says that the Jyotir is confined to some place. So Parodiva Vashyakara says, Parodiva Jyotihe Iricha Brahmanam Chandogya Upanishad is Brahmana Upanishad. That's why Brahmana. Otherwise it was a mantra. So, the same passage Vashyaka has quoted. So, Asayat Atah Parodivo Jyotihi. So, Parodivo Jyotihi, Deepyate. The light that shines beyond the heaven. The Shruti says, therefore, the kind of light that Shruti means here is that which shines beyond the heaven, meaning it can find there and does not shine below the heaven. Is that kind of a light? The Param Brahma cannot be that light because it shines everywhere. <coughs> so, iti Brahmanam Mariyadam Brute iti Shesha. So, Parodivo Jodi iti Brahmanam Mariyadam Brute. This passage of the Upanishad says there is a Mariyada, there is a boundary that this Jodi shines only beyond the heaven and not below that. <coughs> so, say Ratna Brahma. Brahmavat Karyasyabi Mariyada Ayogat Nerathakam Brahmanidi Brahmanidi Kaschid Akshipati. Somebody. So when this discussion is going on, other people also will be listening. You know, sometimes they just you know, interrupt. You should not do that, but sometimes people have this habit, you know. Always because I know something. So when the discussion is going on, I am very eager to say something because I know, or I think I know anyway. And still, usually my etiquette you know, prevents me from just bursting out. But sometimes I can't contain myself. Then I just say that, you know. 
So here also when the discussion is going on, somebody interjects. Says, Brahmavat Karyasyabi Maryada Ayogat. If Brahma is a light which has no Maryada or no boundary, we say that no light has a boundary. Even sun, moon, nobody has a boundary. It never, even the luminary, which is part of the creation also has no boundary. So why do you say that having boundary is a problem? So that having boundary means that it is not Brahman and it is something else. Somebody questioned this Maryada. So, Nanuvete, says Vashyagara. Nanu Karyasyapi Jyotishah Sarvatra Gamyamanatvat Dura Maryada Vatvam Asamanjasam No, Karyasyapi Jyotishah Even light such as sun also Sarvatra Gamyamanatvat Sunlight is seen everywhere So light also is seen everywhere so this light which is part of creation is seen everywhere. So there is also, why do you say that this, that which is, uh, you know, light which is everywhere can be only Param Brahma. So Karyasyavijyotiya Sarvatra Gamyamanatva, this light also is seen everywhere. Therefore, Maryadavatum Asamanjasam, they were to say that this is a light which is confined to heaven. There is no light that is confined to heaven. Even this material light also is everywhere. So I think this Shruti when it says Paro Divaha, so Aratah Paratah Divaha, it is beyond the heaven, Asamanja doesn't make sense. Now somebody says that it looks like this Shruti passage does not make sense. When it says that here is a light that shines beyond heaven, doesn't make sense because all lights are known to shine everywhere. There is no light that is confined to heaven anyway. So whether it is, whether it is material light or it is Param Brahma, no light is confined to heaven. And therefore, what the Shruti says, he doesn't, is not convincing, doesn't seem to make sense. <coughs> so, anarthakam brahmanam, you know, what it means is that, anarthakam brahmanam, this brahman or this passage seems to be meaningless. When you say, atah param, so atah paro divo jyotihi, that this is a light that shines beyond heaven, seems to, doesn't, does not seem to make sense. <coughs> Then, Ekadeshi Brute. Now there is, there is this Vedantin. There is this opponent. There is somebody who interjected. Now there is somebody who is sitting on our side, but not quite identifying with everything that we say. Some people say that uh, we are with you, but not all the time, you know. And so they are with us in a limited sense. Ekadeshi means one who accepts part of the Vedanta Siddhanta, but not total Vedanta Siddhanta. It's called Ekadeshi. Ekadeshi means a place. Ekadeshi means confined to. So if those people are... So there are many Ekadeshis. There are many Advaita Vedantins who do not agree with us in every way. So some of them say that even after knowledge also you should meditate, then alone you can get moksha. So they say moksha is nitya. And it's knowledge that gives you moksha. But then knowledge also requires... Prasankhyana requires to be repeated. Then alone it can give moksha. So there are different kinds of things. They are Ekadeshi. So they accept jnanam and moksha. But then they accept it in a slightly different way. 
So here also Ekadeshi means what? He looks like he is part of us, but he's not quite, you know. So says Ekadeshi Vrutastu Ede. So here Bhashakara says, Astutarhi Atrivrut Kritam Tejaha Prasamajam. So now you see in, in the process of creation, when the five elements are first created, they are in their pure state, which is called Tanmatra. So Tanmatra is Sapanchikrita. So when the elements have not gone through yet the process of the Panchikritam, the fivefold combination, before that they obtain in their pure state, they are called Tanmatras. So for the, for the five elements, to become actually, to create, to become, you know, the, the cause of this universe, they must become gross first, because the universe is gross. The five elements when first created are subtle. So this gross universe cannot be created from subtle. Therefore, the Shastra describes the process by which the subtle elements get converted to the, transformed into the gross elements. That's called Panchikarana. So, each element has this, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas, the Tamas aspect then combines to become gross. <coughs> so, Chandogya Upanishad, sixth chapter, talks about Trivrut Karanam. Because this Upanishad talks about only three elements, the fire, water and earth. And how these three elements combine with each other to become gross. So now we have Teja's light, which is gross as well as subtle. So, Light means the space, air, fire, water, earth. Call it fire or call it light. So, before it under, underwent the process of grossification, it is subtle, imperceptible. Subtle means that which cannot be perceived by sense organs. So, maybe that is the light that is meant, you know. So, when you say the light is all pervasive, it is a light that you see by your eyes. That is all pervasive. But you can't see the light which is not, you know, which is subtle. Therefore, the Puru Pakshi, somebody, like some part of, so Ekadeshi Vedanta says, Astutarhi Atirvrutkutam Tejaha Prathamajam. So when Upanishad says, Athayat Atahparo Jyoti Dipyade, what is that Jyoti? That Jyoti cannot be Param Brahma, as Puru Pakshi proves. The Jyoti cannot be elemental light, like sun, because that Jyoti is Maryada. So you must have light which is not, which can be confined and which also is uh, neither material light nor Param Brahma. So third kind of a light, what is that? Atrivrut Kurdam Jyotihi. Why not that word Jyoti means the light or the fire which is in a state before it underwent the grossification? <coughs> you know, just a proposal. So why not this? If it fits in all right, then suppose it fits in that passage, then that will be meaning, you know. So he thinks that he has, you know, he has really be very creative. So he's now given a new idea, you know, that why not the Jyoti means the Apanchikrita Jyoti, Atrivrutkrita, here. <coughs> Prathamaja means what? Which is first born. First the five elements are born, which are in a pristine state of the Tanmatras, and then the gross elements come later. <coughs> so says Aritna Bhava, Svargada ujatam kinchit atindriyam teja diva parastadaste. So maybe Sudhi talks about what you should meditate upon is jyoti. What's that jyoti of the light? Svargada ujatam 
something that obtains in a place which is, you know, Uttameshu, Anuttameshu, Uttameshu, Lokeshu, in those exalted realms, there are some lights, which is what? So, Atindriyam Tejah, some light which is not perceptible to sense organs, to the eyes, some kind of a divine light is there in those heavens, which you cannot perceive with your eyes. So, that is what is meant by here, this word Jyotihi. So, Tejah, Divaf Parastadasti, maybe there is a light like that, because, so Shruti Pramanyat, because Shruti says that there is a light which is beyond the heaven, that means perhaps there is a light which you cannot perceive. Because light that is perceptible is all-pervasive, Brahman also is all-pervasive. So now we do not find the light which can be confined to heaven. So maybe there is a light, invisible light, in the heaven, a divine light. And this is what is presented here by the Shruti. <coughs> so why not? Shruti Pramanyat, because Shruti says there is a Jyotihi. And Divaha. And that is beyond heaven. So that has to be light. If cannot be physical light and Param Brahma, it has to be a third kind of light, which is the light which is called Tanmatra, or the light before it became the process of the process of grossification. So that's what Jnana says. Trivulkrutam Tejaha Divaha Arvagabi Gamyade. So light which is this gross physical light, you see it below the heaven also. Tathapi, itarat tatah parastat bhavishyati. So, there is some light which is different from this. Vedasya adushtatvena anarthakya yoga. Because when Veda says the light has to be there. Therefore, it's third kind of light as we discussed. <coughs> so then, says Ratna Prabha, adhyana vidi upatashrutehe nishphalam vastu nartayati. Well, what's the use of that light? If it's a light which you cannot perceive, invisible light, you can't meditate upon that anyway. So what's the use of presenting a light which is invisible? So why do you present it as an object of meditation? Because you cannot meditate, because that light doesn't have any characteristic. So says, Adhyanavidi Upatashude Nishphalam Vastu Nartahayati. Shruti should not present something which doesn't serve a purpose. So, because you say Swadhyaya Adhyaya, you must study the Veda. Why should you study Veda? Because Veda gives you knowledge which is meaningful in your life. So if Veda tells you something which has no meaning, then it is not Pramana. So this Jyoti that Veda talks about, this Upanishad talks about, must also have a purpose to serve in your life by enabling you to meditate upon that and then get some benefit. If there is a Jyoti that is invisible, what's the use of that? So, says the uh, the the Pakshi says who says yes and who says no you must know you know so this na is by so the Purupakshi of the Purupakshi Purupakshi said that this is Aditya somebody said no no it cannot be it is some so it is some subtle jyoti invisible light so then Purupakshi says no no it cannot be this invisible light before grossification Na prayojanantara prayuktasya eva aditya dehe na na atrivirtkrutasya tejasaha prayojana abhavaditi. This atrivirtkrutam tejah. This light which has not undergone the process of grossification, invisible light, that doesn't serve any purpose. 
So what purpose that light would serve? If you imagine that there is a light, which is, as you said, Diva Parasat Kinchit Atindriyam. Some invisible light is there in the heaven. So what light, what purpose does that light serve? So what purpose that is served by mentioning in this passage? So what is the use of talking about that light in this passage, which is a passage meant for meditation? And so, Atribut Kutasya Teja Prayojana Bhavad. That light which is subtle does not serve any purpose. And Upanishad should not give you something which does not serve the purpose. Because Veda always gives you knowledge which is meaningful. It should not give you knowledge which is meaningless or, or unnecessary or useless. doesn't serve a purpose. must tell you something that is purposeful. Veda should not give you something that doesn't have a purpose. So if what Tejas Jyoti is interpreted as a light which is heaven invisible, what purpose would it serve? <coughs> So Puru Bhakshi wants to dismiss that contention. <coughs> then that fellow says, you know, Dhyanam phalam se ratna prabha. Dhyanam phalam. Meditation is what you do, just meditate, you know. Iti asankya nisphalasya nisphalasya kvapi dhyanam nasti. What would that, what you cannot visualize or you cannot see, what's the use of that dhyanam? So, nishvasya kvapi dhyanam nasti. No, at no time do they ever ask you to meditate upon something which does not serve any purpose. <coughs> so, says the, says Bhashya, idam eva prayojanam, idupaschatvam, idichet. That's it. So, what's the prayojan? What purpose does it light serve? Which is invisible. So he says, Upas, then you meditate upon that. That is object of meditation. That's the purpose that is served, you know. So, that's the purpose. <coughs> he says, that's why we said that, what, if that light is invisible, invisible, you cannot visualize that. In which case, you cannot meditate upon that. Even though somebody asks you to meditate upon something, which is not meditatable, you know. So what's the use of that meditation? It, that, that it cannot be, it cannot bring about a result at all. And then it is nishphalam. And Veda cannot tell you something that is nishphalam or, or purposeless. <coughs> so nishphalasya kvapi dhyanam nasti. Then, so that is applied here. Na prayojanantara prayuktasya eva aditya dehe Upaschatva darshanat. Prayujanandra prayuktasseva adityadeh. Sun, etc. we serve other purpose. So what is generally presented for meditation? Something that serves the purpose. Other than meditation. You know? Like sun is to meditate upon because sun illumines the world. Or sun provides you light. Or sun does something. So sun has its own characteristic. Sun is its own character, a specialty, which serves a certain purpose. So you always find that those entities which have their own characteristics and which serve a certain purpose, they alone are presented for meditation, for object, object of meditation, and not something which does not serve a purpose. So, sun, etc., which actually are employed for serving a purpose other than being meditation, meditated upon, so, upaschatva darshanat, 
they alone are presented as those which should be meditated upon. Say Ratnabha Prayojanantaram Tamu Nasadikam. So the characteristic that it dispels darkness. And so, so you can meditate upon sun as that which dispels darkness. If sun doesn't do anything, what will you meditate upon? You can't even see it. It has at least form. It has some beauty, some light, something it has. Independently, whether you meditate or not, it has that. So then alone you can meditate upon something which is independent characteristic. If there is invisible light, there is no characteristic, then what, you know, you cannot meditate upon that. And therefore, this light that you are talking about, invisible light, which is the before the process of Trivritkaranam, does not serve any purpose, but therefore, the word Jyotihi cannot mean that light, which is invisible and before, there is in a stage before the Trivritkaranam. <coughs> Then it says, Atrivrutkritam teja angikrutya apalatma muktva. Accepting that there is light which is Atrivrutkrita. Accepting that there is light existing right now which has not undergone any process of grossification. But now, in fact, Bhashyakara says that there is no such light existing now. When the creation took place, at that time these five elements were in their pure form. But then they underwent process of grossification. So there is no more now that kind of light remaining. That's the argument here. So, atrivirkritam teja angikritya aphalatma muktva. Accepting that there is a tejas with atrivirkritam, then we say that it doesn't serve the purpose. Tadevanasti, there is no such entity remaining now which is atrivirkritam, meaning which has not undergone any grossification. So, tasamiti, Vashyakara says, tasam trivirkritam trivirkritam. Ekaikam karvani Iticha Avishesha Shrutehe Tasam. We'll see in Chandit's sixth chapter that Paramatma or Param Brahma, having created these elements, fire, water, and earth, then deliberated. Tasam, Trivutam, Trivutam, Ekaikam karvani. I'm now going to transform each one of them in a threefold way. So I'll make each element threefold. That's called Trivrutkarana. <coughs> what is threefold, you know? If you read Ratna Prabha, Tejo Bananam, Devatanam, Tejaha Ab Annam. Tejas means fire, ab means water, annam means earth. So these are the three fire, water, earth. You call them elements, call them devatas. Ekaikam so Ekaikam trivutam trivutam karvami. Each karvani, each one of them I will now transform into threefold. So, how does one element become threefold? So, Ratnavara described. Ekaikam dvidha vibhajya. First of all, the three elements are there. Divide each one of them into two equal parts. Purascha ekaikam bhagam dvidha krutva. Then, now we have the half of each of the three elements. Take one half and divide again into two. So each element now you have half, one quarter, one quarter. Half, one quarter, one quarter. <coughs> Svabhagad, itarbhagyo, nikshipya. So take one quarter of any one element and add into the, the other two elements. So take one half of the fire, add into water and earth. 
take one half of water, add into one quart of water, add into fire and earth, one quart of earth, add into fire and water. Nikshipya tat triguna rajivat trivrutam karavani. So what happens now? Each element is a pure form. Now it has half of, let's say fire as half of fire, one quart of water, one quart of earth. Water is now, the grossified water is one half of water, one quart of fire, one quart of earth. The grossified earth is one half of earth, one quart of fire, one quart of water. So like the three ropes, or the three strands, you know. So you make a rope from three strands. Similarly also, each element is like a rope having three strands. Each element such as fire has three strands, fire, water and earth. That's how. So, Triguna Rajivat Trivrutam Karvani Iti Avishokte. No element is left. All the elements are thus converted into threefold. So it is not that fire is left without being converted. Fire, water, whatever elements were there, all of them are converted to threefold, all of them are converted to gross form, and so there is no remaining fire which is not converted. So your proposition that there may be light, invisible light, which is in a state before converting into grossification, such a thing is not there. <coughs> so avishesh means what? Without exception, all the three elements. Not that only water and earth are converted, fire also is grossified. And therefore, what you find now is grossified light, visible light, no invisible light. <coughs> Idi avisheshokte nasti atrivur kutam kinchi dityartha. Therefore, all the three elements are made threefold. Therefore, no element remains which is not made threefold. And so there is no light that remains that is not made threefold. So there is no such thing as invisible physical light. That's what I'm saying. You know, light is light. There is no such thing as invisible light. Then Ratnamara continues. Kinchatra yatatah parayati yat shabdena. Anyata prasiddham dyu maryadatvam dhyanaya anudyate asayat atah paro divo jyotihi There yet that one which is a light beyond the heaven. That light beyond the heaven. So when you say that light beyond the heaven, that. Yat shabdena anyata prasiddham that light, you know, we are talking about. So when, when, can I, when do I use the pronoun that? When it is somewhere else, it is already known to be existing elsewhere. That fellow came here yesterday. When you say that fellow came means what? The person who was elsewhere, he came yesterday. So that light is in the, beyond the heaven. Means light which is mentioned somewhere, that light is, is beyond heaven. So yet shabdena, anyata prasiddham, dyu maryadatvam. So there seems to be a light which is confined to heaven. And that is what is mentioned here, therefore, so for the purpose of meditation, here we are told that light is beyond the heaven. Is for the purpose of meditation. Nacha atravrutasitasyatkachit prasiddhamitya. And this light which is ungrossified is never known to be existing beyond heaven, etc. So Nachayati Bhashikara says. Nacha atrivut krutasyapi tejasaha diu maria dutum prasidam 
and we have never heard that this ungrossified light is existing only in heaven and not elsewhere, that there are lights which exist in heaven and not here, that is known. And that kind of light is mentioned here. But we never know that ungrossified light is never described somewhere. That ungrossified, there is ungrossified light, a divine light existing, invisible, invisible light existing there and not existing here. Such a thing is not known. And why the pronoun yet or that is meant, is indicated something that is known through other sources. And this is not known. Therefore, this light cannot be atrivat kritam tejaha. Ungrossified light, this cannot be. <coughs> Ekadeshimade niraste. Thus, this Ekadeshimada. What is Ekadeshimada? Atrivrut Kritam. This fellow would just propose, why not some kind of invisible light in a state which is before grossification? But that is not possible. It can be applied here. Therefore, that position has been refuted. <coughs> then, Sakshat Purupakshi, the main Purupakshi, now says, Rastu Tarahi. Astu tarhe trivat kritam eva tattejaha jyotish shabdam. And therefore, the Puru Pakshi says it is only appropriate that jyotish shabdam tattejaha. So, light that is indicated by our jyoti should be trivat kritam. It should be a physical luminary. And it should not be this unphysical, invisible luminary. That's the Puru Paksha has established so far that word Jyoti should mean an elemental luminary which shines and which shine can be meditated upon. Okay, we'll continue. <coughs> Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishya <coughs> Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashyakrutau Vande Bhagavantau Punapunaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmevi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vyapta Dehaya Dakshinamurtaye Namaha Om Shantishantishantihi Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om